Well, as we said earlier, we are at a new place in terms of a new series, revisiting a uh, topic that we've discovered together before, if you've been with us. If not, and this is the first time where you don't remember, uh, that's okay. That's why we're doing it again. And uh, we're, we're looking forward to, to spending some time with this and, and really just um, kind of uh, unpacking um, belong, growing, and sharing, and, and what we mean by that here in, in just a moment. Uh, but kind of just to prepare us um, for talking about discipleship, because that's what we're doing, is we're talking about what it means and how it is we are disciples of Jesus the Christ, um, and, and what that really um, looks like. How many of you were good in geometry uh, in high school? Or better than just algebra. Better than algebra. Last time I was good at <laughs> right, right. geometry. So yeah, so there's some uh, forms of geometry and math called fractal geometry, really. Uh, fractals are a really interesting phenomenon because it exists in nature and everything and every place we go. Uh, and of course, it's a mathematical concept as well that actually has become extremely helpful, especially in weeks like this. What's happening in, in our new cycle, at least on the East Coast? The hurricane. The hurricane, hurricane yeah. yeah. So Hurricane Dorian, um, and we pray for those that were um, in portions of the Bahamas that were I mean, devastated. Uh, on, on, you can't even hardly look at the images coming out of those portions that were hit the hardest, and then now the Carolinas um, and other places, northern Florida got a little bit of flooding, but Carolinas were hit pretty good, more than what they thought as well. Uh, but fractal geometry comes into play uh, now. Um, we use fractals to help um, determine, especially wind speed in particular places. They can predict, like the hurricane, that's how they can predict the hurricane's going to be a category three uh, when it hits landfall. They use fractal Fractal geometry. Um, fractals come into play in several different ways, but first of all, what is a fractal? Um, it's a never-ending pattern that repeats itself at different scales. Let's talk about math here, um, which you can already probably see if you're in tune with where we're trying to go with this, with discipleship, you can start to think about it. Uh, a never-ending pattern that repeats itself at different scales. Although fractals are very complex, you think of a snowflake. A snowflake is a good example of a, of a fractal. Um, very complex. They are made by repeating a simple process. A simple process. And so, really, to give credit, this is where Pastor Melissa and Catherine and I were having a conversation about the September series way back in, in uh, whatever, May or June. And uh, Catherine and Pastor Melissa knew all about this fractal stuff. And Melissa was like, this is, you know, discipleship is fractal geometry. And I was like, well, what's a fractal? And uh, so then she was drawing these complex things. I was like, I don't know. But anyway, but if this makes sense to me, fractals are complex, yet they're made by uh, repeating a simple process. They do appear in nature, and we talked a little bit about um, hurricanes. Uh, the, the coastline, the, like you just look at the east coast, uh, that's a fractal. Um, and it's a repeated uh, 
pattern along the coast. Um, trees, river networks, lightning bolt flood vessels, spiral patterns, seashells, hurricanes, and galaxies are all fractals in nature. And then math, there's some special equations and things that they use. Um, and, and then they, the, the mathematics portions of fractals are useful um, in, in nature as well. This is a, a triangle is a real basic example of, of repeating basic patterns. And as you, if you would keep repeating it out, it would get much more and more and more and more. Uh, as you repeat it more and more, it gets more and more complex, even though it's just a simple triangle. Um, and so that is where we're going with in terms of fractals. Um, and so what we're using this concept of fractals for in our setting is that we believe and Acts 2 passage that we just read illustrates that discipleship fits that same definition um, it, as it it is a very simple process a very simple uh, way to, to follow Jesus but as we as we do it together, and as we multiply, you know, become it can become a very complex system, and we can have a very complex relationship with God because of our discipleship. And so, what may appear very simple in terms of being able to talk about it can become very complex very, very quickly. Um, but so, let's just look at the passage here and and look at some of what we talk about when we say a disciple belongs in Christ, grows in their faith, and then shares that with others. All right? And so that's a very simple concept. Pastor Melissa and I came up with these three words a few years ago. We didn't invent the words. Um, but we're, we didn't just make it up. We got it from passages just like these. Um, disciple, you know, trying to come up with a discipleship pathway is nothing new. And we didn't invent that either. In fact, if you've had any other pastors in your lifetime, you've heard them talk about discipleship pathways before. It was very in, much in vogue and in common in the 90s and early 2000s to have five or six steps in discipleship. And they were very linear steps. Um, and, um, we have discovered that's not extremely helpful, and that if we can simplify it to three, um, we can do a little bit better with it. And it's not linear steps. It's not a stairway to heaven, no. Um, it's much more of a uh, complex, you know, back and forth sort of deal, roundabout, in and out, backwards and forwards. It's not linear. It's not a stepping stone. Um, but basically, again, and we'll talk about these in detail, but belonging in Christ, we all long to be, you know, God is, wants to have a relationship with us through Christ. We belong in Christ. We belong in worship. We belong in relationship with, with one another in Christ. We grow by trying to learn more about God and more about ourselves through God, and then we share with others. And so these, this passage that we read tonight is going to illustrate these three things. And maybe as I read a couple of them, I'll pause and see if you can shout out the word, whether it's belong, uh, grow, or share. Um, and 
we go at it from, from that perspective. Those who accepted Peter's message were baptized. So where would baptism fall in this in these three words? The law, yeah. So that's how you know in our in our well, number one, universal in the church. You know, baptism is, is how you belong to God's family. You're welcome into God's family. In our tradition, and we share that with many others, Lutherans, Catholics, everybody else uh, along the way, belonging usually also to your church through baptism. Now, you can transfer that to other places, but baptism also has sort of a membership issue as well. Uh, so, yeah, definitely belong. Um, so, baptism right off the bat. God brought about 3,000 people into the community that day. The believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Grow. Yeah. So you grow in faith through Bible study and listening, in this case, <laughs> listening to teachers. Yeah, it's a grow. So that's that's part of. Um, and I will just say baptism is the only exception to the rule in terms of uh, the circular, like continuous circle. We never have to backtrack to be baptized again. Uh, baptism is a once and for all thing. We can remember our baptism. And so that's how we would circle back around. We can say, well, you know, we, and we remember our baptisms every time we baptize someone in the church. We ask you to remember your baptisms. You can also reaffirm your faith. You can say, well, you know, now I'm, I'm in a totally different place than I was you know, this time last year. I want to make note of that. And you can, we can remember our baptisms and reaffirm our faith that way. But let's continue on. To the, um, to the community to their shared meals Share. and to their prayers, which prayers could fit probably all three, but in this sentence it's share. A sense of awe came over everyone. God performed many wonders and signs through the apostles. What about that one? God, God uh, performed many awes and wonders through the acts of the apostles. Um, I think that's one. Go ahead. Grow, yes, certainly I would put it in the grow category, number one, because if you see that, if Eleanor sees um, Marty being healed, that's going to help not just Marty, it's going to help her grow in her faith, so absolutely, uh, but also share, because you can share, so now Marty's been healed, he can share that testimony uh, to others, and then when we talk about sharing life here in a few weeks, um, we're going to talk a lot about God's awe or the wonders and signs. Um, all the believers were united and shared everything. Okay, share. And united could be belong. And united here in this case and in our case doesn't mean you, it's a cult. It's not a cult where you believe, you know, everybody has to think and believe in the exact same way. That's why this becomes complex. It's a simple process but it becomes complex because we all kind of. Um, you know, we're united, but we're not exactly the same. Just like snowflake, you know, two snowflakes look the same when we, you know, from a distance, but when you look under a microscope, they're all different. They would sell pieces of property and possessions and distribute the proceeds to everyone who needed them. Share, share, all right. And so that's you know we do that through our offerings, not just of money, but also of time. Um, and other resources that we use to, to share with one another and the community. Every day, they met together in the temple. 
and ate in their homes. So that this is one where I would put in bro as well, and also belong, belong. So you can see where um, some of these are going to be multiple. Um, a sense of belonging. If you think of, you know, I always think of belong country roads. Almost having you take me home to the place I belong. Um, you know, a church um, is a place where you belong. Hopefully, you feel like I feel a, a sense of belonging, um, and so you do uh, find that belong covers a lot of these different. It could be in another category as well as belong. Um, they shared food with gladness and simplicity. They shared. They praised God and demonstrated, well, I'll just stop there. They praised God. Uh, worship is belong. Uh, worship is all three. Uh, but worship, as we know it coming in on Sunday morning, is, is we, we put in the belong category as well. Um, but learning and growing to be worship and certainly, you know, bringing your offerings is all about being in the temple. And, and so worship really can, do all, can be in all three. Sure. Um, and demonstrated God's goodness to everyone we just read. The Lord added daily to the community those who were being saved. So again, that's you know, belonging. Yeah. Um, and so you can see just just from that very beginning, very first part of the um, church history, um, they were already worshiping, studying, and sharing. Were doing it every day, and, um, and they were starting to develop. Um, and as you'll see, as the chapters go, and this, we're going to end with this chapter, we're going to move on to the Gospel of John. But if we would follow on in the Book of Acts, like we did a few uh, years ago, uh, we would we would discover that they're going to actually put in some systems and be able to put in uh, some leadership to make sure uh, that these three areas were being tended to. And so, um, you know, so that somebody didn't have to be in charge of it all. And so if you were gifted in worship, you know, you were the belong person. If you were gifted in hospitality, you were the chair. If you were gifted, gifted in teaching, you were in the grow section. And that's how they kind of they kind of handled it. Um, and so that's so that's where we get belong, grow, and share. And it doesn't really matter what you call it. That's just what we, you know, Pastor Melissa and I have decided. It's three easy, simple words that. That we can understand, therefore, everybody probably can understand. And it's a way to put into to some categories this discipleship uh, model uh, to be able to, to help us along uh, and, and to keep it as simple as possible, though we know it gets complex as we start to multiply um, and we start to really um, get into our faith. It also fits, what else does it remind you of? So, what else does it remind you of? Trinity? Trinity, yeah. So it's very Trinitarian. Uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so in fact, you could add these, these words to it. Belong in Christ, you know, the Son. Belong in the Son. Um, grow, um, or belong to the Father. Grow in Christ, however you want to do it. Um, and share is the Holy Spirit. So the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, no matter how you, how you name it. But, it's, but it is Trinitarian. That the, you know, the Holy Spirit helps us grow, um, and also the Holy Spirit leads us to share. I think you put the Trinity in all three as well, so you can see where it gets complex, even though it is trying to keep it 
Several. Is it also sequential? You belong first, then you grow in your faith, and then you share what you have learned. And well, and, and so I think um, that is is something that we would want to do, you and I and, and others. Um, we want to put it in a nice, neat sequence. Um, and I think that that's what a lot of our predecessors would have done, both lay and clergy. But I think it's not necessarily sequential. And that's why Catherine designed this logo for us. It's a practical triangle, mm -hmm. but we put it a, around the triangle on purpose, not, you know, belong first. And I think um, under normal circumstances, you know, finding a sense of belonging in Christ and maybe baptism would come first, and then you get into studying and growing together in your faith, and then you're ready to share. Um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be in that order. I mean, somebody could, so a good example of that would be um, somebody um, joins us in a mission, like they volunteer for summer camp, or they go over to uh, New Windsor and volunteer over at Serve, and they're not faithful at all, uh, or at least they don't know Christ at all. But they get involved in that, um, and so they jump into the fractal uh, part, where we would say is third, is last. There they, they meet some other believers and they start to, to grow in their faith before they've ever even set foot in a worship service, let alone been baptized or had communion. And so yeah, I think that that is a great question, um, but I think also it demonstrates we've demonstrated it doesn't have to be sequential. And certainly we're doing some back and forth. So you're not we don't graduate from belong and say well I don't have to worship anymore. I don't have to. You know, go to these hospitality events anymore um, or I've grown to the point where I don't have to do study or listen to any teachers anymore I don't have to read my Bible I, I, I memorize it, I know it I wait for the second edition um, <laughs> you, you don't get to do that so it's a constant going back and forth is the other piece of that um, so belong, grow, share the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit also is linear to linear to uh, the way we talk about grace in three different ways. Um, so I don't want to, you know, jumble or confuse, but I will just say for tonight, um, traditionally we think of grace, and we can describe the way God's grace works in three different ways. One is provenient grace, which is grace that comes before, and so that is what we just used as an example and so God's grace was working in that person's life while they're volunteering and serve with the women in mission, or um, Mary and Martha, sorry, whoever, it doesn't matter who they're working with, but God is working in their lives before they even know um, that, that ever recognize or claim Christ for themselves. And that is provenient grace. A good example of provenient grace is that poem, The Footsteps, of, uh, you know, when you look back and well, how come I only saw one set? Well, that's when I carried you. Yes. You didn't even know it. So when God's carrying you, that's provenient grace. And provenient grace, really, we would plug into belong, but it could be happening at all three. And share is that wonderful way I just used as an example. Um, justifying grace is the aha moment when somebody um, recognizes and claims Jesus' forgiveness for himself. Oh, yes, Jesus you know, did die for my sins. I, I accept Jesus. I'm going to start following Jesus. That's called justification. 
And so the justification would really give you a sense of belonging and, and, and fit in there, but could be working in all three places as well. And then sanctification, certainly all three. Uh, sanctifying grace is perfecting grace. And so you're being made perfect in love of God and your neighbor through grace as well. We call that sanctifying grace. And that would be at play and belong, grow, and share. And so, um, very simple. As you can see where it can become a, a complex model as we start to do this together. Um, and all the, just, just a little fun game we hear we had trying to put things in categories, um, illustrates the complexity a little bit. Why do we even talk about this? So why, why would we even care about this? Like, isn't it just important that I believe in Jesus and I'm, I'm going to devote my life to it? Yeah, yeah, that's important. Um, but being able to um, have a model to look at, and this doesn't mean it's perfect or the best or that another church down the street can't have a better one or you know, the Lutherans got it right or the Catholics or whoever, doesn't matter. Uh, what's important is that the reason we feel that we should have a model for it is it gives us an opportunity to, to use a tool, if nothing else, individually. So Cindy can look at this and she can, she can take a self-assessment and have words to name it. So she can do a report card for herself. You can't do that for others, but, but Cindy can say, where, I, where am I in my belonging in Christ? Do I feel like I belong to Christ more today than I did this time last year? You know, am I finding ways to worship Christ more, not just on Thursday nights or Sunday mornings, but every day? You know, am I finding opportunities to worship and feel like I belong to God the Father? Um, and so she can take a self-assessment. And the same with growth. You know, Mo can say, and you know, and where am I in my am I in, in my opinion a stronger Decipher today, a more healthy, a more mature, you probably shouldn't use Mo as an example, if I'm more <laughs> mature today than I was yesterday. And so it gives you some words and some vocabulary, if nothing else, to do a self-assessment. Right? And so that, that's why it would be important for us to give words to something um, like this in terms of our discipleship. So, and another reason would be... Um, we also um, get to um, some predictive um, elements of it as well. And so again, individually, you can, you can predict your behavior. Sort of like we use the, pra the, the fractals to predict the hurricane strength. Um, you can use this very simple yet complex model of discipleship to predict where you're going to be tomorrow. So that sounds strange. Uh, but if you're not setting a vision for yourself, um, and to, in order to grow in your faith, uh, then you're going to decline, and 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 you're not going. If you're not going forward, you're, you're going backwards. And so again, using the vocabulary and, and some of the things that you should be doing, you can predict: Am I going to be a stronger disciple tomorrow than I am today? I think that that, that is very important. And then lastly, as a church, as a parish, as a group of believers. Um, it gives us an opportunity to um, make sure that we are all exposed, or at least have the opportunity, um, to grow as holistic disciples. And so we're not just solely focused on sharing. And so, and, and that happens, and you say, well, why would that be bad? Um, and, 
but but it can be. And so if our sole sole purpose was to, uh, we're just so focused on feeding the poor in our community, and that's a wonderful thing. You know, we wouldn't want to not be doing that. But that but but some churches can get so focused on one particular area um, that it can actually stunt your growth as disciples and as a group because you're not being holistic. I mean, we have to be paying attention as leaders, as pastoral and lay leaders, that, that we are um, providing opportunities for all three, for everybody um, as well. And so by being able to name it helps us to be able to do that assessment as well. Do we have grow opportunities? You know, are we providing good teaching on Sunday mornings? Are we providing other opportunities and encouraging folks to read the scriptures? Are we providing service opportunities? Um, and that doesn't have to always be right from the church or from the, it's certainly not, it, it certainly wouldn't be helpful if it was coming just from the pastors, but, but um, you know, that's where you know, our groups, that individual groups that we have and our small groups, that's where they come and, and take uh, a big role as well, especially as Methodists. And so having a model like that is, is why that is important as well. So, Next week when we gather, we'll get into the nuts and bolts. And for some, it'll be a review. For others, it'll be an opportunity to see it for the first time. But either way, I hope that it'll be helpful. And we'll start with, we'll start linear. We'll start with belong. Maybe we should have went backwards. Just for, maybe we'll have to remember that for next time. But next year, we'll do it backwards. And uh, Keith can uh, remind us to do that. It would kind of be kind of cool to really demonstrate that it doesn't have to be linear. We are going to start with belong uh, next week. So I'll pause just for a second before we have a prayer to see if you have any um, questions, uh, any more questions about discipleship in general. So, or one of the three, you can jump ahead if you have a question about one of the three. So. Based on what you said about share, I'm assuming that it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't have to be proselytizing. It can be actions. Right, absolutely. And, and your actions show, uh, in a Christ-like way, what God is. So the share, yes, the share aspect is one of the areas that we're most proud of, and should be proud, and most excited about, because that's the that's the the phrase that we've used: sharing life. And so, sharing life um, is and something like our older kids, Annika and Asher, always talk about now. And they say, "Oh, Dad, I shared life today." Or you know whatever, um, or you know so and so is coming here because I you know I shared life and and whatever. Um, so sharing life is we'll, we'll talk a lot about that on on that week, but but it can be uh, it's all about yeah it can be it's a wide range just and not not just evangelism. In fact, we don't use that word evangelism because of the negative connotations. Um, so that's where we get to sharing life, but it can be you know testimonies. It can be mission, it can be service, it can be uh, certainly telling others about Christ and telling your story, learning their story um, in all different ways of, of going outside of these doors and um, being good neighbors, loving your enemies. I mean, it's all-encompassing. Does that answer? Does that help? Yeah. Yes. yeah. So. And, and so really, in reality, all three of these, they belong, would have a long list, so not just worship and not just baptism, but a long list of ways that we can belong in Christ, belong in the church. Grow, same way. Grow would be all the means of grace. So not just study, and not just sermons, 
like all, all the different ways. And that's where you would have some overlap is you would have overlap. Your Holy Communion would be basically all three. And not just growing in your faith because it's a means of grace, but it's a way that we belong in the church. Any other questions? I like the question, so I know some of you are tired, but <laughs> plus it is nine o'clock. My goodness, so I'm very passionate about this. It's interesting that we um, we came up. I'm sorry if you got to go. We'll 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 wrap, we'll wrap, wrap it up quickly. Um, we came up with this model. I, I'm losing track of time. Four or five years ago, we came up with these words, namely um, tomorrow in our. And everybody else was doing five. Even our previous bishop, Shoal, had a five-step discipleship adventure. Um, so we said, you know, we came up with these three, and nobody else was doing it. Tomorrow in our annual conference, we have, we're not going, because I'm mad. Uh, <laughs> they've paid an outside consultant to come in, probably thousands of dollars, because they could have paid me. Um, and that has written a book called 3D Discipleship. <laughs> I'm like, did he get online and like watch our sermons from the last couple of years? Yeah, did he steal our stuff? But he has, you know, a simplified discipleship. But we did that five years ago, buddy. Uh, now you get paid by our conference. I'll edit that. <laughs> so, yes, tomorrow, and uh, they want to charge us 50 bucks to come and listen. I'm like, so I'm bitter. I'm bitter. Can't tell me. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm not bitter. It's good. It's cool. And I'm sure that this, this person has some. If I could go, I'd actually go. I, I can't go tomorrow, schedule wise, because I'm, I'm sure he has some things that I could learn from that we could we could learn about. Unfortunately, we could learn from you. So, we'll get back next week to belong. All right. Amen to that. Amen. So we're gonna.